lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And like we do every year, we got to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17 has come and gone, and here to talk about a night of uh, handsomeness, murders and all around uh really recentering the world of new japan pro wrestling um as always rachel giuliani how are you doing rachel hi i'm so glad to be here i i love coming on this show every year for wrestle kingdom it's (laughs) i look forward to it so i'm really excited to talk about my wrestling opinions (laughs) i look forward to it as well i'm glad that i really enjoy like the fact that we that we've kind of carved out a few like annual traditions on the show and talking to you about Wrestle Kingdom is one that I look forward to every year one because it's Wrestle Kingdom it's always a great time yeah. but two it gives us a chance to kind of check in and because we don't really get a chance to interact that much mm-hmm. for the rest of the year so you know, we've true. been like catching up with our lives and stuff off air here and it's just been really cool to to continue to see that the the our growth so to speak yeah <laughs> over these years <laughs> yeah. but of course we are here to talk about wrestle kingdom 17 a night that was uh highlighted by a double main event of kenny omega and will osprey for the iwgp us title and kazuchika okada and jay white for the iwgp world heavyweight title but there was so much more on, on this show as well. Um, I'm curious to, to ask you before we get into the matches themselves, like how were you feeling heading into Wrestle Kingdom season? Because I know that like based off of our conversations last year, like you haven't, you don't like necessarily like engage with New Japan as often as other people do, but whenever you do, it just seems like everything floods back. Yeah, I, I, I keep up with New Japan um, like in several wrestling promotions by like reading recaps and i'm on wrestling tumblr shout out wrestling tumblr and they like people you know post gifts of interesting that thing so i like i get to see a lot of what happens but i haven't been watching a lot um because of um i'm i'm beefing new japan but um because of their treatment of kota Ibushi, who's my favorite wrestler i don't know if i've said that on this show but not um, this year okay well let's just open with that then um <laughs> Yeah, but I was actually like, I saw the card and was like, oh, this will be good. You know, like I was whelmed, I guess, about it. You know, like it just was like, oh, those matches all make sense. <laughs> um, but I, I, it exceeded those expectations for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been keeping up with, with New Japan um, throughout the year and, you know, it's really felt like a lot of the paths that we've seen that culminated at Wrestle Kingdom this year were set in stone like much earlier in the year. Yeah. Like especially yeah. when you talk about like Jay and, and, and Okada and then the, the junior heavyweight title yeah. picture as well. Like it feels like I think I, on the broadcast they were talking about Taiji Ishimori has only defended that belt once and he's held it for like most of the year. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was reflecting on like wow i've been paying attention through like recaps and gifts and stuff and i think i, I 
<laughs> like I didn't realize I was like oh I must have missed defenses or something for the junior title um but they were like no we've been talking about this since October <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean part of that is because you know Kushida contracted hand foot and mouth disease and, and that kept him out of the, those the, the scheduled challenges that were there but but still like that that title picture had been stagnant for for a little bit of the year but it really ramped back up in october when the the four-way was announced and they got th like so long of a build for that but yeah they but... just got to hype it uh backstage comments <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> which was honestly great with me like it was that was good yeah no it definitely was but like it i don't know i'm i was very curious to see what was going to go down here on on this show especially knowing that kenny omega was coming back to new japan for the first time in like three years at this point um so yeah like that that got me stoked even though you know obviously as i've stated multiple times on this show like not the biggest will osprey fan um overall but regardless of that we'll get into we'll get into that match later because there's going to be a I feel like there's going to be a lot of discussion about that match in particular. Yeah. Um but let's let's kick things off with the uh, with pre-show stuff. Did you did you watch the pre-show? Yep, I did. Okay. I watched I even watched the the Young Lions. They were great. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this Oleg Bolton dude. Uh I had never heard of him before now. Um, yeah. So I thought he I mean he's huge and he's good. <laughs> he's like got from the 3 minute match the solid, you know, fundamentals down. He's he's uh he's like a ready-made. I feel like we're the US is moving back into a Soviet vibe like a like a we're at war with Russia. We're at a cultural war with Russia. So I know he's from Kazakhstan, but like he's a ready-made, like if you need to go back to that sort of like like they did on um <clears throat> glow and stuff, like the the Russian villain heel, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like if you need to go back to that lazy like Soviet era villains, I think he's like just ready to plunk into that role i i'm not saying it's a good idea but like he has that that look like he's huge and like just looks like intimidating it's i liked it yeah no i i dig the look as well and and crossing fingers they don't go back into that because i'm, I'm yeah, tired of nationalism i really don't want any nationalistic anything i mean maybe maybe milano collection is okay <laughs> <laughs> but i'm italian and he's a fellow countryman so there you go know. yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that they said francisco akira was the first italian in in uh new japan but like they forgot about milano they forgot about milano That's so rude <laughs> like an italian erasure yeah, over here exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah, we did open with with Oleg Bolton and and uh, Ryohei Oiwe, uh, Oiwe in the uh, the three minute exhibition, which you know it was it was a three minute exhibition. They showcased some the skills there. First time that a lot of people got to see Oleg, and um, yeah, impressed. I don't know if there's really too much more to talk about with this one, honestly. But yeah, like it was it was a nice little uh, three minute little thing. Um, I hope oh, they do that again. I like yeah, I like that. I hope they showcase some young lions again. Like yeah, that. same here. Like I, I really like when the, the young lions get a chance to work in front of 
that crowd, even if you know it's still people filing in, it's not the full Tokyo Dome audience, but yeah, just but being still, in that building. Yeah. Having that experience of having to go out there in that in enormous space and stuff is probably experience unto itself just being in front of a crowd like that like you said people still filing in but yeah no it's it's really cool um and then we had the rambo mm -hmm. which i i will not lie i look forward to the rambo every oh, year yeah same i do too <laughs> it's, it's like um if i if i watch wwe it's always the royal rumble Mm -hmm. I it's something about I think I've probably said this before but ADHD brain like something about a new person coming in every 90 seconds just like totally hits hits all the good spots in my brain so I, I love that it's like the perfect hit of wrestling dopamine yes you get just a, new a new entrance every 90 seconds or whatever <laughs> this this year no no real surprises though like like we have had in past years and and also you know they're sticking with this format of like this kind of setting up the the first king of pro wrestling professional championship match at new year's dash where the we don't have like a one winner it's the final four that move on and this year's final four uh was great okan shingo takagi show and toriyano um because of course toriyano has to be the king that. of pro wrestling has exactly. to be in the king of pro wrestling match. Exactly. Um, it, do it doesn't matter that Shingo ended the year with, with the trophy with now as a belt this year. Toriyano in perpetuity, king of pro wrestling. Yeah, the only, the true king of pro wrestling, yeah. Were there any particular, like, moments or, like, people in, in this match that stood out to you? Um, um <laughs> Yes, Kenta power walking to the ring. Was, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I don't he lives in the US still I think for some reason I think I'm pretty sure he still lives in Florida um and he had like the right like kind of mom hair for the power <laughs> walk as well with the headband yeah yeah that combo yeah and so I'm wondering if he was if he was doing that kind of vibe the like upper middle class white lady in her neighborhood vibe mhm mm that's it had big, big soccer mom energy yeah yeah heading into it and he, his technique was very good i can't argue with that from, from what i can tell like i i mean it's it, they do it at the olympics right race walking anyway yep. that was that was i i actually laughed out loud at that <laughs> just <laughs> kept laughing because thank you kenta yes. that was that was the highlight of it for me i think <laughs> And getting to see Rocky Romero. I love Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero is always great. Um, I especially the way that he came in during that whole sequence with like evil and Dick Togo and, and Ishii. Yeah. They trying to eliminate one another there. It's, it's yeah. just just goofy. I love like I know that like I obviously like I read like your your annual like Russell Kingdom tweet thread as as the show is going on. Like and I I understand the like distaste. For house of torture i love the fact that they are leaning so far into comedy with them now though yeah um and it's, it's a good move because <laughs> there wasn't much further to they they really explored the space i feel of like intervention in matches with weapons and stuff like that i think they really just like <laughs> they said all they needed to say about that <laughs> 
you know yeah i just never would have pegged funny (laughs) i never would have pegged evil as being a so like a minor comedy wrestler in a way yeah i don't know i i like i think I, i like that about new japan is like even like the young lions and the, like evil came up through the dojo system. They make sure that they know that pro wrestling is fundamentally stupid. <laughs> like they, <laughs> you know, like they make sure that they make young lions and stuff participate in some bullshit so that they know that later on they're going to have to do stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm always impressed anytime I see someone who seems very serious and then is just able to, to pull out the the comedy moves. It's, it's, I think it's a mark of a good wrestler, honestly. No, it, it definitely is. Like that kind of flexibility, that d- diversification of skills is always great. You don't want to just like be like so beelined on one specific thing. I feel like flexibility is always good. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like outside of outside of Kenta power walking and, and evil just like teetering on the edge of a skyscraper, um, the mo- one of the moments that really stuck out for me was uh, – Phantasmo doing the entire uh um my feet oh, the aren't daddy oh no the the daddy yes but also um <laughs> doing the Kofi spot the Kofi Kingston yeah. yeah and just like the I don't there's just something about like Phantasmo's like facial expressions he's just so vibrant with he's the way they express <laughs> yeah yeah and and like the just the shock on his face when he finally like got back and then just got eliminated again like almost immediately yeah i mean a good heel is like somebody willing to look like an ass and (laughs) he is so willing to look like an ass and he he like he doesn't overdo it but he's like he's one of those guys who like when he gets his inevitable comeuppance you cheer every time and he's really good at that at that moment so (laughs) he did a great job no for sure so i don't know if you checked out new year's dash yet um i did yeah okay so obviously we we all know now shingo takagi is the the professional king of pro wrestling champion going forward and which means they get a title shot is that what i don't know if it means clear to me what the what the king of pro wrestling (laughs) provisional championship means so basically, it's just a title that can be defended under like different rule sets, so to speak. Okay. Can, oh, so yeah. It's, it's the same as the trophy. Yes, it's the same okay. as the trophy. It's just okay. they they instead of having a trophy, now they have a belt. Okay. They need yeah. to do. I hope they do some some silly match stipulations. Mm-hmm. I mean, they actually got some really interesting ideas into that King of Pro Wrestling scene last year, especially whenever you had like. Like I, I don't want to necessarily categorize Toriano as not a serious competitor because he is the king of pro wrestling, but like Shingo Takagi and Taichi had yeah. some really interesting matches last year with some different stipulations. Like I always go back to that that thirty count match that they oh, did yeah. as something that was just wild to see and very out of the box imaginative in in a way that really really worked for me. Yeah, I hope that they kind of embrace that because that is that's pro wrestling to me is is stupid stuff like that, but also giving yourself the opportunity to to show off your skills in in doing that, which they which they both did in in that match. <laughs> no, they definitely did. So, um, 
So yes, we'll move on to the final pre-show match here with the uh, Antonio Inoki Memorial uh, match, which of course a lot about this night was dedicated to Antonio Inoki. You know, his passing away uh, last year, um, and and also kind of being the culmination of the 50th anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Just all, it was just everything aligned in that way, and we got a, a, a number of legends here. To, to kind of celebrate that legacy in the six-person match. Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe taking on Tatsumi Fujinami, 69-year-old Tatsumi Fujinami, uh, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very curious to <laughs> ask you about I mean, this one. Fujinami, I think, is has been at Wrestle Kingdom like the past few years every year right like he just gets in there and does his leg dragon screws <laughs> and everybody <laughs> sells the shit out of it and it, like he can barely walk to the ring he like little old man walks but i i think it's it's great i mean honestly i like that someone who is almost 70 years old can can like do a match and i i feel like wrestling is it shouldn't be so inflexible that someone who is elderly can't <laughs> compete <laughs> if that's what they want to do you know yeah um, and the rest of them are all like the rest of those guys are all they're they're the the older generation but they can all still go pretty well hell so. yeah they can yeah. um you know particularly i really like the interactions with minoru and uh and kojima because mm -hmm. honestly, they're two of my favorites of all time. But just there's just something about like Minoru Suzuki just like just smiling while getting machine gun chopped in the corner and then like standing on the bottom rope and screaming at Kojima to give him more. <laughs> it's so it's so Chef Kiss Minoru Suzuki, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm with you on Fujinami though. Like you know, I think you know we've we've covered, we've talked about Wrestle Kingdom for the past like three years, and I feel like that first year, you know, with Liger's retirement there, I think that was the first time we saw Fujinami pop back up in a in a match. At least I want to say he might have been in the Rambo the year before that in 2019. But um, but yeah, like Fujinami, like as long as he is still in good health and is able to like go out there and and get somebody to sell like they just dislocated his knee with a dragon mm -hmm. screw like mm -hmm. i'm here for it i have yeah. no issue with it like i i love the fact that we still get to see somebody who has such a long 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 history with uh with this company go out there and do that as well as the fact with this being an enoki memorial match like yeah be real like fujinami is one of enoki's like biggest rivals going back to the 80s right so yeah, like that was a really cool moment to see Fujinami in in this match in particular. Yeah, so. and to see them all pay pay tribute to Inoki at the end of the match, it's very yeah. Minoru Suzuki likes like smiling and like looking up to heaven and stuff. <laughs> Weird. I know it's just it's you <laughs> don't it's, get those moments from him that often. No, he he did. He kind of wasn't the the most what is it the worst personality and wrestling or whatever that, that his <laughs> motto was he yeah wasn't that for a couple seconds it's nice to see it's good to see that Minoru Suzuki has a heart 
I'm curious to ask you actually that since we're on the topic of Anoki here and knowing that like the attitude that New Japan has had prior to like 2021 and into this year or not 2021 2022 and into this year brain mush um about like the attitude toward Anoki because for a longest time the in the post Anoki ownership era of New Japan like they've really of have ignored him in a way and and really just kind of like um, not like excised his memory, but just didn't acknowledge Inoki for the longest time until, yeah. until his health started to fail a bit. Um, what was it like for you to see like New Japan really embrace Inoki again in posthumously? Yeah, I so I'm not terribly educated on this. I've I've been a wrestling fan for only about seven or eight years, six years. Anyway. Uh, six years um so i i only know you know like the little bit of history that i read but um i i think i can tell why they why they would have kind of distanced themselves from him um and it kind of just doesn't i guess doesn't surprise me like of course i I don't think they really have anything else that they could do with antonio inoki as a person you know like they're they can't ignore that he's in ill health and that he passed away like I don't I don't think there was any way that they could just kind of be like well that's sad you know <laughs> um what yeah what I mean you, like I I don't know as much of the history of I mean I know the you know the broad strokes but um yeah it, it's straight it's not surprising and also like they embrace people who have done things they like to re-embrace people every <laughs> you know not, a lot wrong actually so, yeah. Uh, what yeah. do you think? I mean, it's it makes like knowing Inoki, you know, being the founder of the company and having such a long history with the company, it make like it makes sense that they were going to, at some point, you know, start to acknowledge him again, especially you know in like his his last days and that sort of thing. And um, despite all of the the issues that Inoki's leadership and like the later era of of New Japan like that that 2000s era of New Japan that really just cratered the company as well as some like questionable decisions on the part of Antonio Inoki such as running a pro wrestling event in North Korea um and those sort of things like there there are definitely criticisms of, of Inoki to be had that that makes total sense whenever you know um Bushi Road ended up purchasing the company um a number of years ago but you know with him passing away um last year i'm not surprised at all and honestly i'm kind of happy that they not kind of i am happy that they did celebrate his legacy and what he did mean to that company because yeah for like a, a five to six year span in the 2000s he really put this idea his idea of pro wrestling into new japan to a point that did not make sense for a lot of wrestling fans both in japan and abroad but at this end of the day like we don't have 50 years of new japan without antonio inoki Right. right and so it only makes sense to celebrate that life that that he had there and then what he left behind now i mean and so he, he meant so much to a lot of the 
the wrestlers, you know, yes. and I'm sure a lot of the leadership of the company too, like he, he's a legend. And so it, yeah, it was, yeah. it was tastefully done, I think. Exactly. Exactly. I, I was definitely into the idea there. Um, but speaking of re-embracing uh, people, that gets us into the main show here. We open up with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with uh, Leo Rush and Yo uh, challenging Catch-2-2. Uh, Francisco Akira, um, or Francesco Akira, rather. Make sure I get that right. And uh, TJP. Yeah. Um, the match was really good. Um, it sucks that like Leo, like that that opening spot on the ramp, like yeah. Leo just got completely he busted broke his open. Nose. They said I don't know if you saw that, but last night they said he broke his nose on that. That's why he wasn't at New Year's Dash. Yeah, I did. I didn't hear the the injury confirmed, but but like it makes sense why he wasn't at New Year's Dash. Like I think. You know, that it might affect some other I don't know how long he might be on the shelf for a little bit here, but but yeah, like that that really like kind of dragged things down a little bit just in terms of like tempo because you know Leo is like pulling like crawling back to the ring for like most of like the first half of this yeah. match. And kudos to him for getting back in there and really like Oh god, yeah. He I mean he got back in there and was Leo Rush like right away <laughs> exactly um but yeah like this I, I i'm i really like this pairing with leo rush and yo yeah like it's really grown on me and it's been really fun to watch them gel over the past couple of months um and i know you know um i'm curious to, i'm curious to get your feelings on on that pairing as well as as the match as a whole the match was great. I mean, everybody there. Um, I know Fran Francesco. I thought it was Francisco. Either way, Akira. Um, it, he is sort of like newer. He's a little like he has a little less experience than everybody else there. I think um, that that was what they were saying. I don't know what his history before New Japan is like very much, but um, it, I mean, it was. A match that those that those four talents could put on which is like not at all to say anything bad about it all like those four people are capable of very very good wrestling and that's what they delivered i thought and the the yo and leo rush thing i i didn't want to like because i just want to mourn rapongi 3k like some some tag teams it's like they're always going to be linked to each other in their hearts, you know, like anytime anything happens, they're going to, it's kind of going to like some tag teams are just, you know, of convenience, but, but others are just like, anytime these people, you know, and that's show and yo are like forever linked to me. Um, so I, I know someday the Rapongi 3k like thing will come back. There'll be rivalry or they'll reunite or something, but like, I, I just, I have Rapongi 3K merch like right next to me. I like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I loved it. And like Leo Rush, I <laughs> like he's, he can't be bad. Like he, I'm never going to be like, oh, I don't want to see that guy, <laughs> you know? Um, 
Yeah. So it, it wouldn't have mattered really if the pairing made sense because I love Yo and I love Leo Rush separately. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but it did make sense, right? Like, yeah. And they and they won Super Junior Tag League, so they they gelled really well and they like they they really brought it. Yeah, and especially when like it really has felt like the the junior tag division in New Japan has been really s- suffering for credible teams. Um, over the last like, couple of years, which it, I think, you know, before the Rapungi 3K breakup kind of was not necessarily a complaint on on my part because Rapungi 3K was great, but like, you know, it really felt like, you know, either they were the champion or they were like on their way back to being champion. It just yeah. really felt like it it's felt like, them. Yeah. yeah, but it's cool to have multiple teams now that, that can really vie for these for these titles in and be credible in in doing it yeah they, so they um they they really neglect the junior division in general um and so the the they neglect their tag divisions and so the junior tag division is like the most most neglected um but it kind of like came back around to being cool because they have to put they have to just put together a bunch of ad hoc teams every year for super junior tag league and they get to like mess around with interesting pairings and stuff so i guess if you're gonna like treat it as an afterthought that's a good way to do it (laughs) (laughs) and i will say like with the with the dissolution of suzuki gun like we now have like new stables that are forming and you know like as we will talk about a little bit later tmdk is starting to get a bit more of a foothold as a as a faction and so there are opportunities to put some new teams together and 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 have some some more like regular like teaming uh combinations there for, for this division too. So I'm excited. It, it, this match, if anything, it made me excited for what the junior division, the junior tag division can can bring going forward. Yeah, that's and that's um that's a the best you could hope for for something like that because like I said, they don't want they don't care if you're excited about the junior <laughs> tag division. So and I I want to be also. So yes. Same. Um, that's going to bring us to the f- first defense ever of the IWGP Women's Championship. Kyrie defending against Tam Nakano. The first, as Chris Charlton reminded everybody, the first singles match between two women in the Tokyo Dome since 1994. Wow. Yeah. And like obviously we've seen New Japan at, at Wrestle Kingdom start to embrace having more stardom talent on the shows, whether it be like pre-show matches that didn't air or pre-show matches that did air. Um, and then last year we finally got a, a, a stardom tag team match on the main card. This year we have the, the new IWGP women's championship being defended on the show for the first time. Um Unfortunately, not a lot of time given to this match, yeah, and that was probably the, the biggest complaint that I yeah, had. Because, because I don't know, did you did you watch the Kyrie Mayu Iwatani match for to crown the inaugural champion last I, year? I watched like clips and gifs of it, and it was, I mean, again, you put those those two people are capable of great things, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I just feel like this, like little. I mean, this is the only match that was less than six minutes on the show, and like, yes, the entrances were great. The entrances were amazing. Um, 
and the gear was on point for both of them as as it always totally. is like, totally, like joshi yeah. joshi does not miss no it's like they gear. just they bring it they it's like they're heroes truly like could could yuji nagata have a little like taffeta little <laughs> bustle on his gear <laughs> and still do flips like tam knock no 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 not even in his prime <laughs> i don't know why i chose eugene <laughs> eh, it's all right I, I i would like to see eugene Gata in I, a anybody inspired anybody who wants to do that please i know there are people on twitter that would definitely do that <laughs> i mean like anyone in new japan who oh wants okay to, like, okay i thought you were talking about some like some fan art stuff oh um, no no oh yeah the <laughs> not putting it in order but i know those there's a lot of talent out there in that regard <laughs> But yeah, like for what the time that they had, though, I felt like this was really, really good. Like it, if they had just been given like even just like five more minutes, yeah, it could have yeah. it could have been even better. But you know, I feel like Tam has been as at a great twenty twenty two heading into this match. There's a an built in rivalry already with with Tam and and Kyrie that was on display here. Um, and also, I've just been really happy to see Kyrie, like this post WWE Kyrie, get yeah. back to just being the fucking killer that she is. Yes, I love, I love it. I loved her as a baby face, but yeah, that back fist <laughs> is fucking stiff. She, they, they just brought it. Like they, they all. I mean, you knew they were going to. They don't, like you said, Joshi doesn't miss. Stardom is totally stacked, and they chose two of the best they could have possibly sent so yeah yeah for sure but of course this all built up to the worst kept secret in in all of pro wrestling heading into the week mm -hmm. uh the debut of mercedes monet mm -hmm. um i'm i'm curious to get your thoughts on mercedes monet here um obviously like you had the the challenge to Kyrie, the first promo, the the look, like like yeah. I'm I want to I want to hear what what your take on this. You know, um, I <laughs> the look like the hair. Um, first of all, like I'll just start with the most important part. Mm -hmm. The hair I loved, absolutely loved. Um, she pulled it off. the The whole look was good the whole like you know she looked like she belonged in the tokyo dome already you know she she is used to that level of um you know crowd and energy and stuff so um but that promo was a little rough uh to me it was pretty stilted and uh like she did not really know it was very strange to me it was mm. I don't I don't know it, it just was like she was kind of like stoned and on autopilot and doing her like Sasha Banks lilt uh I don't know like it, it was so it felt like she it was pre-recorded somehow <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I will say like it, it really it, it did feel a little bit like you know for someone that's been in obviously she didn't start in in the WWE system but for someone who's been very much like in that WWE system where like, you know, you're kind of like taught to talk 
at a certain cadence in a certain way leaving that um and like I can I can see how it might trip you up a little bit to think like okay I'm out of this system I can be a little bit more myself but you still have this ingrained in you for like yeah. years and years and years of of being told to do things a certain way and that sort of thing. So like I I'm more forgiving on on the promo a bit. Oh personally. yeah, I mean like it was it was like a WWE promo but it didn't like it, it just really showcased how those don't really belong exactly in Japanese wrestling <laughs> exactly it did feel a little a little fish out of water even in English bit. even like you know like e even promos in English which Japanese crowds are used to you know um because there's always going to be at least one at a, at a big show you know depending on the on the company but like yeah I I, I, I was not saying it wasn't understandable I just was oh yeah no I didn't I, I, uh, I, <laughs> didn't, didn't move me <laughs> i yeah i didn't take it that way from, or anything like that so yeah. uh hmm, i didn't take your comments that way rather yeah so okay. like yeah, yeah that, that wasn't necessarily what the point i was trying to make but it's just more like i think the debut worked honestly like you saw as soon as her face came up on the screen like the crowd was very into it um and then i going back to the look a bit like that the hair like <clears throat> I love the story. I love just like the small bits of storytelling that you get in pro wrestling. And and someone pointed this out on Twitter as well. I can't remember who it was. So I apologize that I can't shut your name out, but like the hair being like flames burning away the blue, the blue. Yeah. That's so cool. It's just like burning away this idea of Sasha Banks. Yeah. And introducing Mercedes Monet into the pro wrestling world. It's, it's just like, it's just, it's such a small touch with a, big message to it mm -hmm. and i'm very excited to see uh her and Kyrie fight at a, a fight in yeah. the valley in san jose in february that's gonna be uh outstanding uh, outstanding match and you know i don't know how long mercedes is gonna be with new japan hopefully it's for a while you know but if they wanted to really get uh, a foothold with this new championship in the United States, like they they had initially planned, like having the first challenge stateside be Mercedes Monet, I yeah. think is the perfect way to get American fans and, and North American fans in general rather into what uh, what New Japan is doing in, in the states as well. And and yeah, and stardom, like they yes. deserve the international audience, the, a, a bigger one than they than they have, like the kind that New Japan has, um, so much. And they have the talent for it and they have the storytelling storytelling and stuff for it. Like it's all there. So getting uh North American fans to watch or English speaking fans maybe to watch more stardom is is a good thing. Oh yeah, always is. I want Mercedes Monet against again Iwatani right now. I want Mercedes Monet against yeah. uh Thecla right now. <laughs> like dream match, dream matches abound for sure. Yeah. So it's awesome to see. And also just, I love her like taking her power back into her own hands throughout this. It's yeah. been this whole odyssey through 2022 for her and Naomi and like all the, the backstage pictures that came out of that, that night was, as well. Yeah, that was just, so, I don't, I mean, her as a person, like she's an anti-vaxxer and stuff and like kind of yeah. whatever, but like that, they, they obviously, they did her dirty. It sounds like uh, she and naomi and i'm glad they walked away um like good for them <laughs> uh 
So it and it's great to see like to get her she got the like star treatment she deserves honestly and it was perfect for her character because she uh you want the Mercedes Monet character to be the sort of person who could show up at Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> and then sell tickets to an event on the other side of the world um you know like that's it's very fitting is very good uh, uh, wrestle kingdom debuts are, are weird sometimes because you don't want half the audience to be going like who is that like why <laughs> you know um but they weren't nobody was yeah so yeah she belonged on that stage mm -hmm. um that's gonna bring us to another Wrestle Kingdom debut though, because tag team championships, the heavyweight tag team championships were on the line. FTR bringing those belts into the Tokyo Dome mm -hmm. to take on Bishamon, uh, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Um, which again, I know we talked about this last year. I love the redemption arc for Yoshihashi yeah, over the last couple yeah. of years. It's so great. And of course, Goto is just uh an oh, he's, he's a known quantity and he's so good. Yeah. They yeah. both are at this point. Like <laughs> Yoshihashi is an acquired taste, I think. Like new people new to New Japan might not really get Yoshihashi. We're <laughs> 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 uh, like, do you really get Yoshihashi? Um <laughs> Stoner talking about wrestling. Um Yes. Yeah, but like seriously, if you don't get Yoshihashi, open your heart to Yoshihashi. Um and it is wonderful to see him get some flowers for his work because he's usually a, a, a pin eater and he he gets to win sometimes. It's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely is. And and um I was very curious to see like this this build up over the last like eight, nine months of FTR finally getting to Japan and getting to the Tokyo Dome and and having those belts um, be on the line because much like we talked about with the junior heavyweight championship scene, the tag team championships have kind of not necessarily been on ice because they've been on like AEW TV constantly, Ring of Honor pay per views mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But they've only, to my knowledge, they've only had like one defense of those titles really, which was against Aussie Open whenever New Japan went to the UK. Yeah, so they haven't even had one in Japan. Those yeah. belts haven't really been in Japan for like most of the year. Yeah, like since June, mm -hmm. like with the Forbidden Door show. So um, it was cool to see FTR get that moment there. And like, even though this match only went like 10 minutes or so, like it felt like um, the it still felt like the level of quality that you've been getting from like these absolute like in terms of length epic matches uh, that that FTR has been a part of here in the U.S. You know whether it be with the Priscos or um, with uh, other multiple teams in AEW, um, like FTR delivered heavily here in, in their debut and. Bishamon was right there with them. Like I think Goto and Yoshihashi like met the met the, the expectation um like they have been doing over the last year plus and they end up walking out with the the tag team championships. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's another match where it's like 
the you look at the talent in the match the whole card was like this really like I said going into it I was kind of whelmed but when you look at the like talent in each of those matchups and you go like the best possible match for this is very good almost everything was like that um and this this tag team match was was definitely like that um this I was like kind of losing attention a little bit at this point so I was you know um but but you know it was a great it was a great match good Mm -hmm. to see FTR in Japan like I got everything I wanted out of it yeah I'm I'm right there with you and also like I feel like everybody especially like stateside with Wrestle Kingdom has that moment where they just like zone out a little bit because it is such a late night it's like t- two hours in and I think that was about the point that I tweeted like I can't believe we still have four hours of main event after this <laughs> because of how because of how long they are all the time um, yeah. but yeah so it was about that point but good like that was part of the reason that I zoned out I was like this is this is good check <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's some matches where you don't have to be like intensely focused to understand yeah. how great what you're seeing is yeah and and like so i'm right there with you like this this was stellar um i, I definitely hope it's not the last time we see ftr in in japan because i feel like there are a number of, of teams in in new japan right now that i would love to see them uh yeah. go against so yeah Mixing in the mixing in AEW has been probably best for the tag. Like that's that's the division that has most benefited from from that. Um, and I hope that they like continue that because it's it makes the tag division really robust instead of just like God <laughs> and you know some some wrestle dads or whatever. I mean, <laughs> up until a few years ago, Ten Cozy was still reliably in the title scene. And they were, you know, not, not in their prime anymore for sure. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and then like, Tenzan's walking around on like a the, that <laughs> yeah. rolled ankle like all the time, just like yeah. And they yeah. were still in the main event. They were still in the the title scene, and they put on they put on great matches. To be fair, like yes, right until the the end of their like being in that title scene, they put on great matches. But still, the fact that they were there that long says something about how much they cared about their tag division yeah it does and and like i will say like it's it has improved since since then as well like you have yeah. you know teams from the united empire and 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 some other teams that are in the, the mix there a little bit and and honestly it's been probably been really good we're going to talk about tama here in just a second but <laughs> as much as it sucks that like you know tonga loa has been out with injury for as long as he has like it's been kind of good for that shakeup of the tag division too to yeah. keep god out of that picture for yeah. for a long period of time and let some other teams get those those yeah. moments there as yeah. well r.i.p to dangerous techers god yes yeah that is that is probably the saddest thing yeah. about the suzuki Gun dissolution is that yeah dangerous techers is no more so now sad. i'm saying now i'm saying no i'm so we had to, we had to yeah. For the gays, more, <laughs> more <laughs> dangerous techers. Well, Always we'll... talking about how they wanted to marry each other and stuff in their post-match comments. <laughs> well, well, more dangerous techers as we celebrate 
Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, because Zack Sabre Jr. and Ren Narita, you want to talk about a night dedicated to the memory and legacy of Antonio Inoki. Hell yeah. These two delivered the Inoki vision of pro wrestling in the best way possible in this final for the New Japan World Television Championship. My God. Um, Zach, you you know Zach. You know Zach is going to bring it every time that that he steps into that ring. He even is, he on is like a big match guy. Tags. Yeah, yeah, he is a a big match dude. He is phenomenal. He and he is like in like you said, multi man tags. He's still great. Yeah, but yeah, but and, then um, Narita had that moment last year where he got to be the surprise opponent for Shibata. I'm sorry, you were probably about to say that, weren't you? Oh no, you're fine. Like <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Roll with yeah. it. I'm in. Um and and he um like that was an opportunity for him and um and he you know, grabbed it. He like he killed it last year um being the opponent for Shibata. Like he was so good and and Shibata like pe- you have to treat him like a little egg in a in a Kleenex, you know, um, and and people do a really great job of it. People who have fought him do a really great job. And Ren Narita was like, as if he'd been working with injured people, you know. And and of course you have, but like, it takes a lot of care and and awareness to to put on the match that he put on last year. So I'm not at all surprised about him putting on the match he put on this year. Yeah, like I think one of my favorite things from the past year is seeing the rise of Renderita since coming back from excursion. Because like, you know, he had the match with Shibata at the dome last year, which I still I I have a love hate relationship with the fact that Shibata just said, like, yo, we're a fucking exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> like we're yeah. gonna just wrestle. Like, cause like one, I love Shibata. Two, dear God, please don't yeah. I don't want to see Shibata get hurt any worse than he already is. Yeah, there's always that concern seeing him in a wrestling ring ever. Yeah. I've I've warmed up to it a little bit, but only a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Glad yes. he wasn't on the card this year. Yes. Yeah. I am too. I am too. Like it I'm cool with him wrestling Orange Cassidy as, that was as many awesome. times as he want to. Yeah. yeah. I mean it no. wasn't it was like a whatever match, but just the I the concept was great. Yeah, but coming off of that match with Shibata and then like a few months later kind of re-debuting as the Son of Strong Style. Basically, look, we can call him the Son of Strong Style. We should just call him the Son of Shibata. That's who yeah. Ren Narita is. And he showcased that throughout the rest of the year, throughout this this television championship tournament, um, and just really put himself into a different gear going forward and and then he gets to step into the ring with Zack Saber Jr. and they put on just a technical uh strong style classic here in my mind at least like th- just they worked so well together like he was right there with Zach for for everything yeah. even like like he's just he's running even with these guys and he's still so young into his career this class of young lions i mean I we knew from when they were debuting as young lions that this this particular class was gonna be superstars, all of them, because you've got Shota Umino, Ren Narita, um, and Hirai Kawato, Kauto, and like that era. Um, and and um Oka wasn't really part of that. I guess he was kind of, but 
Um, yeah, she's like right there. And uh, Kitamura, who died this year, yeah. Sadly. Um, so yeah, it was it was so good. <laughs> like there, you they always. I, I feel like God. I love the Young Lion system so much. I love that you get to see these wrestlers like become who they are. You it it gets you so invested in them, and you want to root for their their silly character that they have when they come back, and you know you want to cheer them through their awkward phase and stuff like that it you want to be there for their glow up it's so it's so good and they always have that that kind of moment where it's like god they really they really put out good wrestlers here (laughs) and and that was that was I mean last year was great but he had to be so careful with Shibata and this year he really got to give you that or give me that sort of like god he so belongs here and not that I ever doubted that ever like he's shown that so many times but just the like ah yes he belongs fighting Zack Sabre Jr. like it's so good <laughs> exactly no Renarita mm-hmm. just fucking killed it um and I, I love like the the finish of it as well like obviously like Zach working the arm for the entire match like Rita trying to battle back challenging him I there's just something about when someone just like sits down and says just fucking kick me mm-hmm. I'm just like motherfuck I'm gonna run through a brick wall right now because yes. fucking let's fucking go <laughs> and it's such a it's I mean that is a huge Shibata tribute as well and oh yeah I mean, he's not the only one who does it of course but like but he, it's he it's the lineage of it yeah knowing yeah. that yeah yeah but of course that exact gets that arm bar and immediate tap out um yeah it i mean and zach even in in victory still made red narita look amazing um and i am so impressed with him because it's like that gimmick like the son of strong style like shibata already doesn't like he's one of those like i don't really have a gimmick i'm just a wrestler like his nickname is the wrestler in helvetica you know (laughs) like and so i i it it was like okay well how are you gonna make this you you know because it's already such a thin whatever sort of gimmick and he i he did i felt like like he made it him and not like you like you said you see the lineage but he's he's his own wrestler yes exactly no I, i'm very excited to, to continue to see what what ren narita does especially after some developments on new year's dash um yeah please give me i love ren narita like learning and and perfecting his craft under shibata's tutelage and now if he gets to go and study under minoru suzuki motherfucker we have a killer on our hands God. <laughs> i i mean yeah i don't think shibata ever maybe um this shibata was a lot before my time um and he never really had a proper like heel run as far as i know maybe he did when he first came back because that would have been appropriate at that time. It, it definitely was appropriate at the time. <laughs> and I, and even if it wasn't necessarily categorized as a heel run, like the audience definitely yeah. took it as a heel run based yeah. off of the history there. Yeah. Um, but, I, but to think of like a Shibata-like character as a heel is very good. 
Um, yes. and, and Zack Sabre Jr. already has a little bit of that vibe to him, but um, I have no doubt that Ren Narita won't, will, will make it his own if that's what he ends up doing. Yeah. I Shout love out. that they're like oh. vying for him. It's so good. <laughs> Shout out to Zack Sabre also for, uh, for talking about paying nurses in the Repping, UK. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. They are they they are striking or thinking about striking mm-hmm. um and he used his entrance to say pay the nurses living wage so <laughs> fucking dickhead <laughs> it got over it got me over his his terrible bleach job yeah to, yeah not to, the best yeah uh he still I, somehow pulled it off a bit though i will he, say i mean he, he's pretty handsome <laughs> um <laughs> and and he's like put on some some beef mm-hmm. this year which i like um my mom was very in favor of a beefier zach saber jr <laughs> <I would> say, <laughs> a more a more tempeh <laughs> a textured vegetable protein zach saber jr mm-hmm. i don't want to say beef because he's a vegan there you go I'm into it though, no matter how you want to categorize it. Yeah. Um, and then of course the post-match angle here, like, you know, with Zach no longer with Minoru Suzuki, we now have him reuniting with the mighty don't kneel mm-hmm. and becoming the front man of TMDK going forward here, which I, I will say, we talked about the young lion stuff and talking about this match. We have to talk about the your dash a little bit with this because, yeah. um, at New Year's Dash, like TMDK added Kosei Vegeta to the mix, which as the announcers, you know, Kevin Kelly was like, when has a young lion ever joined a faction? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh and and Zach leaving was like, This is my young boy, this is our young boy. Suck it, John Moxley, or something <laughs> like that. So it sounds like maybe Fujita is still a young lion, but Suzuki Gun, or I mean, TMTK owns him. Potentially, <laughs> maybe. We'll have to see how it develops. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's a really cool moment there, especially knowing like the relationship that has kind of been forged between ZSJ and, and, uh, Fujita because of the you know going back to the G1 as well mm-hmm. as like all his battles with evil where he's used um him and other young lions the names escape me right now unfortunately but other young lions as like impersonators yeah to throw evil off <laughs> just which is another classic example of like very serious like technical wrestlers leaning into this comedy stuff that just mm-hmm. works so well it makes them that much more dynamic in a way yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. is never afraid to do that. He will get silly immediately. And his character is pretty serious. Um, but yeah. Um great. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad to see TM like Zach find a new home and I'm glad to see TMDK get someone in their mm-hmm. um stable that could really elevate them going forward. Cause I feel like, you know, post Jonah being in TMDK right. going back to WWE like you needed another person the level of of Zach to yeah. really start to establish a new faction there especially in Japan like I feel like yeah. in the states like TMDK is much more prevalent on like, New Japan Strong but yeah it's cool to see 
And and I actually kind of love the idea. I'm I'm sure it's because they they kind of needed some reason for Japanese fans to care about TMDK. Um, but I kind of like the idea of like getting factions getting assigned like a squire, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a young boy that's their young boy is is kind of awesome because it adds another uh, storytelling angle. And they try to make it so that the young lions don't have any kind of character at all you know they're just first name last name last name first name um <clears throat> black gear you know yeah they only get to do a certain number certain set of moves they don't even get to choose their own move set until they're getting ready to leave for excursion and like uh, giving them a little bit of character would be a break from the enoki you know tradition um, but I would love that, honestly, <laughs> if that if that became a thing, just everybody, this is your young lion. And if the other factions beat up your young lion, you're going to have beef with them. So <laughs> I'm into know. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like that idea. Um, and hopefully, I don't know, we'll see what happens going forward here. Yeah, um, that's going to bring us to. Tamatanga and the never open weight championship match. Um taking on this has been a weird year for for companies working together, even if on like a very, very minor basis. But we have Carl Anderson coming back after signing with WWE, winning the title, signing wow. with WWE. <laughs> yeah. And then holding that title, like I guess you could say hostage, so to speak, in a way, you know, like you know them like him being booked on the fucking Saudi show whenever he was supposed to defend against Hikaleo, and then like this whole like ordeal of of wondering when what was going to happen with the never open weight title, yeah. Until we got <laughs> finally this this final clash of founding Bullet Club members, yeah. Um, I that was that was clownery. I feel like on New Japan's part, and to get yeah, that, like. <laughs> That that was laughably <laughs> does baffling the, uh, the way that they handled that. They're like, he gave us his word, he'd be here. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, oopsie, <laughs> yeah. But he was there. Yep, he showed up there, and so like the the ending was kind of a foregone conclusion. <laughs> um, it was, but I feel like you know the but, journey. I mean, that doesn't. That's wrestling, you know. It does yeah. sometimes the ending is a foregone conclusion, and it that's just not the interesting thing about the match and something else is exactly definitely was yeah it definitely was like for me it was like it really felt like this um okay for me like the history of of the two people in the ring together was really yeah. what brought me to this yeah because, i mean you know Kama and anderson both founding members of bullet club yeah um and you know Tama with his war against Bullet Club since being ousted li uh, right. last year has just been um, really finding himself as a singles wrestler again. I feel like after like God really yeah I just love him as a baby face. I love them yes. as baby faces. That is the best change that has been made in the pandemic era is turning God and get and uh, Jado face. Love it. No, I definitely agree with you. And like <laughs> Tama has been taking that ball and running with it. Um, he got an IWGP world title match 
with yeah. Jay White out of this, like, and it was actually a, a pretty good match. I mean, uh, really pretty good. He's very. Oh good. yeah. Oh yeah. No, and that's nothing to like yeah. knock on like Thomas' skills. Like, no, but Thomas one of my favorites. He's. I mean, he. It was like emotional seeing him win this. I, I think mm-hmm. that is the awesome thing about the Never Title is it often goes to someone who is like, God, this person deserves to have a belt on them so much. Um, or it's like Ishii or Goto. <laughs> yeah, but, it's um, either the matches that people are going to get knocked the fuck out in yeah. the middle of or someone who's been on the cusp of deserving that level of, of status, that level yeah. of highlight. Yeah, so, it, and Tama is just so laughably overdue for some kind of recognition because he is one of the foreign wrestlers who stayed during the pandemic and like he has just like that even like long before that he's very loyal to new japan he's really dedicated so yeah yeah and and like i really i enjoyed this match a lot because of that because of the history of tama himself and the history between these two just like the fact that you had like anderson handing the gun stun down to tama the the trading gun stun thing was so good that was that i i was surprised at how much that worked for me yes It, it 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 was just uh, like I don't know how much more I can say because this for me like this match was just really about the emotion of it. Yes. Like there's not a lot of like outside of like the trading gun stuns stuff. There's not a lot of like actual like phys- physicality that really stands out in my mind from it. Just because the the emotion the history outweighs so much of that. And they're and then, both so they're both so strong as just like they can put on a high level match on two hours of sleep. You know, yes. sort of sort of person. <laughs> they're both that sort of person. So it was going to be good in a way that maybe we are, we are spoiled for having at Russell kingdom, I guess, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was more about the story and the emotion and it, it delivered. I I felt in that it, way. It definitely did. And then to see like just the celebration afterwards, I feel like Tama got outside of like our main event matches. Tama got the most time to celebrate. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Yeah. And- it, I think he it really speaks it. to like what you were talking about about the loyalty that he's had to this company and yeah. and New Japan. You know, not that they don't recognize it, but like it felt like they get, like giving him that moment to kind of soak that in was was a a, a good little like you know we yeah. see you kind of thing. Yeah, it was hard for me to hear the crowd. Um, like I really could not hear them, and it sounded to me, and it sounded like this in New Year's Dash that they are still not used to the fact that they can cheer and they're still like a little nervous to cheer sometimes yeah so i couldn't tell the kind of reception that he got but um i hope it was i hope it was good i mean they they really love him so yeah they really do (laughs) so he he deserved (laughs) it was just it was that was emotional for me watching him win that (laughs) like (laughs) Maybe the mo- more one of the more emotional moments of the evening, just seeing his face and his genuine appreciation, and really his face doing anything other than scowling is wonderful to me, <laughs> you know, because of how long he was in God or uh, how long God were heels. 
Alright, Yens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT RingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Speaking of emotion, though, it's, it, that kind of fits with our, our next match. We have the final match of Keiji Muto in New Japan Pro Wrestling here at the Tokyo Dome. It's uh, Muto, Hiroshi Tadahashi, and Shota Umino, a, a lovely, like, three generations of mm-hmm. New Japan Pro Wrestling teaming up against LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, and Sonata. You know, we've never really talked about Muto or or Great Muda, I think in 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 our conversations. Like, I'm curious Not to really. get your thoughts on on Muto before we um, get into the match itself. I love that he's had so many goodbye matches, and I hope that he keeps <laughs> doing them. Um, like he had like a last moonsault match, uh, um, and he had a last match in the U.S. I think I can't remember. Um, I I've been at two shows in the U.S. that he was on. Um, and I think one of them was like last show abroad or something like that. And like, so good on him, honestly, for <laughs> continuing to do that. And he deserves it. Like he's Keiji Muto. Um, and it was great. Like any time that he interacts with Sonata is great. Sonata being like maybe his most, I don't know who else is his pupil, but Probably Sonata is his most accomplished of of them that I know of anyway. Um, yeah. So I I just love that shit. Like the the sensei stuff is really does it for me. It's good. Yeah, like I I'm there with you. I think having the two of them open the match was just like a a wonderful moment to see and to have Sonata hit that moonsault so early yeah. and be one of the few people that kicks out of it as well yeah. uh, Mudo mm-hmm. kicking out of that um and then <laughs> leading to the moment where Mudo wants to hit it 
and Tana's over there just like, no, trust Don't me, like do it, buddy. Yeah, like like <laughs> trust me, like your knees, my knees, we we know we commiserate here. Like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> that was good. And also, like, he already did his last moonsault match. Yes. So <laughs> maybe Tana was reminding him of that too. Yeah. Do you really want to lie to the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> no, and and I I feel like there were like outside of the the Mudo um moments in this batch, like it it really felt like we were also kind of building this rivalry with Umino and, and Naito here, you know, because like Umino continually like keeps calling out Naito and Naito mm-hmm. just as Naito does, just like mm-hmm. fuck off, like whatever, like yeah. brushes them off and that sort of thing. And um I don't know, like the, the match itself was was fun. Um I, I'm always gonna um get up for a, a, a shining wizard you know mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. at throughout this this retirement run that that mudo has been having i will say i did have a little bit of a of a moment where the the mudo love was just like a little bit like ticked down mm-hmm. for me because of what happened post the shinsuke nakamura match and noah on new year's mm-hmm. day yeah with yeah. the comments there and dropping yeah. the slurs and stuff and like that yeah, was frustrating that, that was um not ideal yeah I, I was a little chilly about mudo for that reason yeah um <laughs> yeah but it was really cool to see umino get the get the pin though here which you know it makes sense like you <clears throat> want to build up this the newer generation you you just had you've just had him back in japan proper for the last few months here you know and outside of that the u.s title match with will osprey that he had late last year like we haven't really seen umino get a lot of these moments yet that you know that you would want young lions to get whenever they return from excursion Mm -hmm. so like having him get the pinfall here continuing to push that that obviously forthcoming match with naito right that is coming up um like everything about that this match needed to do worked yeah um yeah yeah i agree and uh, i mean the Umino, I, I didn't watch the, the lead up to it, but, uh, you know, saw recaps and things. Doesn't really work for me yet because this is the thing that Naito does to everybody. Like, he doesn't care about any, like, he's not even treating him with a s- special disdain of yeah. any kind. <laughs> um, and and Umino is kind of just cocky and confident which is awesome like i love that character for a young lion because it's really hard to pull off cocky and confident when you just got out of high school you know um but uh he does and Mm -hmm. so it it has i think i i don't know maybe it does does do you buy it yet i don't i just don't really buy it yet but i i think i will I think I I might buy it a little more than than you do, but obviously there still needs to be more showcase. I think whenever he does inevitably get the the match with Naito, that will probably do a lot for making that feel more real. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, because like you know, and and I will say like you know the relationship with him and Moxley that was forged a number of years ago, like you still see a lot of that in him, but you need to they it, there needs to be like a mixture of 
of Moxley and, and Umino energy within him, I think, a little bit more. Because, like, I like, like, at New Year's Dash, like, I like him coming out through the crowd, similar to how Moxley was, does. Yeah, that was adorable. And, like, you know, continues to carry the the shooter uh, leather jacket with him mm-hmm. as, as he's transitioning into this roughneck era. But it's, I just think he needs to find a little bit more of himself I to go along sure. with that. Yeah, Because he's, I mean... English commentary just keeps saying like he's the future star he's the future of this company he's and like I think in some cases that kind of talk would be overblown but it's not for Shota Umino so clearly it isn't he he is all of those things and so he really does need to find a character that's him because it's he's gonna be the guy um so yeah, I, I want to see him let go of the Moxley thing a little bit. Yeah, and, and I lot. will say, it's also a bit of a product of him being gone on excursion for so long. Like, I feel like he was on excursion right. for much longer than a lot of other yeah, young Lions uh, have been. The pandemic stuff was, like, he hit the, like, little end of his excursion, right, as the pandemic started. So he was on, he was in UK, I think, for much longer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I, I have full faith that, that he will find that within him. And and I will say bell to bell, he has all the skills that you need there. It's just, it's just fleshing yeah. out personality. We're, and, yeah, we're kind of like understating how good Shota Umino <laughs> yes. is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're just like, you know, he's like, so he's like better than 90% of professional wrestlers already, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like he's, man, he's so good. And I'm again, like the, the conf, like I buy the confidence, even though he's a young lion sort of just coming back. And we all remember he was like adorable Shota Umino, who's Red Shoes son. And like, he just, he sells it so well. I'm so impressed with that because every young lion coming back has an element of like, I'm nervous. I just got back to their character um, because it's obvious, like almost every, even like Hiromu Takahashi and like the, the even Jay White, like they all have that, like a little bit, I don't know. Um, but he doesn't, he's just like, I belong here at the top, actually. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, I, I am very excited to watch the continued journey uh, of Shota Umino going forward. Let's talk about this junior heavyweight match mm-hmm. this junior heavyweight title match this four-way that has been built up for months and months so and months long. yeah master wado el desperado taiji shimori hiromo takahashi uh four-way we haven't seen a four-way i think since the uh since the 2019 wrestle kingdom or it might have been 2020 i can't remember like i said years blend together but um the one, basically, I just remember for the one that Will Osprey hit the moonsault off of the fucking lighting rig. Oh, yeah. Um, that was, was that a four-way? That was, a, yeah, that was a four-way. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, like this, to me, this match, obviously, you, like, you know Hiromu is going to, to be on point. You know Despy's going to be on point. Mm. Same with Taichi. For me, this match really felt like a coming out party for Master Wado. God, it was so, I mean, this, in terms of, like, invested watching every move and, like, cheering, this match was the most that for me. 
Really? Um, okay. And like I'm the two, curious. the two main event matches were amazing, and I was in, invested in stuff. But like, like actually going, like I really want my favorite to win. You know, like that was the most. I mean, they just. It was amazing how they they did it. It felt, it felt great, even though he lost. He did not. Uh, he did not win. I guess. Okay, so I know I'm in on Mr. Watto. I, I have been on Mr. Watto for a while. I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I think you might be the person I've I've spoken to that that is like engaging with New Japan that is the most in on Master Watto. And I want I, I want to know like where that comes from for you. Um, it comes from from Young Lion Hirai Kawato, honestly. Um, and it that does a lot of work. It there's no there's you know it's completely it's completely sentimental um, <laughs> because he was like my favorite young lion. He had this insane drop kick that he did as a young lion that they let him add to his moveset because it was very very good. Um, and I I just loved him as a young lion, so mm. that's why. But. I and I just want to, you know, like I was talking about before, I just want him to be good, you know. <laughs> um, not that he's not good at wrestling, but I just want him to be good as a wrestler, a character, you know, a full, complete wrestler. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And I feel like 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 I said before, like this batch really let him show what what he can do and that he can hang with these like heavy hitters of this division mm-hmm. you know because i feel like a lot of people whenever he beat ishibori in best of super juniors and then um got kind of thrust into this this four-way picture back in october like a lot of people kind of might have seen him as like the odd man out in this picture just because of you know how he's been positioned and um what he's been doing up to this point since coming back from excursion, but Watto proved doubters wrong. I feel like in, in this match in a, in a lot of ways. And, and it's interesting because like, while you have these three people that are cemented in, in their status within the junior heavyweight division, um, you still, I think crowd, the crowd responses to all of the various near falls that Watto got in this match like really spoke to how he has been kind of endearing himself and 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 showcasing himself to these audiences especially now that we have like people can cheer again this was the match that i felt like the crowd kind of got in that mindset of like oh we can cheer again mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and and you know it wasn't just because of wado obviously i mean despi and and hiromu are two of the most popular people in the company yeah overall the, yeah the other three are just legends so yeah that was gonna be a great match (laughs) you know yeah and i really liked some of the 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 imagination they put into some of these these spots and 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 some of the 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 moments that we had here but having master wato get a near fall on all three of them was so good it broke my heart in the good in the best wrestling way it was so good (laughs) Oh, it was. And, <laughs> and then just any time that Hiromo and Despi get to interact is mm-hmm. always a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Yeah. Um, anytime I, I will always go back to, to their match. Um I wanna say was it two years ago at this point? 
yeah, I think it was two years ago at this point where, you know, um, Despy ended up being unmasked and just oh, the, yeah. the emotion and that, the oh. violence in that one match. Of the, one of the best, like, moments. Uh, yeah, like, you know, Gino Gambino often says wrestling's not about matches, it's about moments mm-hmm. on commentary. Um, and that moment of him, like, continuing to fight with his hair covering his face and stuff one of the best moments that i've like watched live on tv yes so good so, so good. oh my god so good <laughs> we're always going to talk about that and it's deserved <laughs> yes and i feel like despy's added to that like that little batch of moments in 2022 as well like i go back to like his match with jun kasai um at, i can't remember if that was like Taka's promotion or just like a, a, a freelance show or whatever but you know, having that death match with, with Jun Kasai and then having like Kasai like basically call him out like, hey, like I I see where you're at. I see where you're coming from. You're wrestling like you want to die. But like, trust me, like you understand that you don't want to die because you are s- so talented. And I, I know this. I know this feeling that I see within you. And like, oh, just God. God damn it. Like, yeah, it's just a fucking. Ugh. That is. And that's Despy's character. Like so much Hmm. like he he is from the moment he debuted that is his his thing is like i have a death wish and i'm like romanticizing it like that he like like he debuted at wrestle kingdom challenging the the uh the champion the junior champion with a does with like black roses and lost you know (laughs) like as you're going to um and just keeps doing dramatic shit like that where it's like you you're putting yourself in harm's way for why yeah yeah oh great recognize yourself being the one to say that is like god yeah yeah Yeah. the the shit that man has put himself through the king of the the death match he's the right yeah 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 the, the like thing on the wrestlers with his wife making the implements that are going to <laughs> slice his skull open and stuff you, did you see that i did yeah yeah that that just sticks with me it the, like that for that reason like the the thinking about the fact that his wife is like i'm making these things that are going to do violence to my husband and like in a way it, it makes it feel like less violence to my husband <laughs> uh and like so having him be the i that i don't know that changed my feeling about him i still hate death matches and i hate blood and stuff i'm such a wuss about it but yeah yeah no i can i completely understand um obviously hiromu comes out with the title here for a third time um which is you know i'm never going to complain about hiromu takahashi no having that belt yeah um i i I feel like it would be remiss if we did not uh, visit Hiromu Takahashi's entrance gear. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like a, a running thing whenever we chat about Russell Kingdom because he always fucking brings it. God. Um, and he did. You you wonder how he was going to top it. <laughs> and he this, did. He did. Yeah. Just so many eyes. And yeah. like the pinnacle eyes just like it was just oh my god. I don't I would love to just be inside of his mind for like five minutes. 
and just understand where some of these ideas for for gear for entrance gear come from yeah i um it's so out of the box he he like you know how he has like art visual art that he does like Mm -hmm. the the eye is one of the like recurring motifs in his art that Mm. weird little face right that he draws all the time i don't i don't even know how else to describe it but uh but other than that i don't (laughs) it's very lovecraftian um yeah yeah that was the vibe that i was picking up from that for sure (laughs) um but yeah, stellar. I, but I loved oh, no, it. Go ahead. I oh loved yeah, loved it. I, I hope I've said that enough. <laughs> but it was also like, oh great, good, yeah. You see, like a dude coming out in like a giant tentacle eye costume, and if somebody else who has never seen wrestling was watching that, they'd be losing their mind. And and we were all like, oh great outfit, Hiromu. <laughs> <laughs> like this is oh this he's really topped himself this year. I love wrestling. It's so good. <laughs> I'm yeah yeah I'm there with you and that of course will bring us to our first of our double main events and probably I have to argue match of the night for me yep. and for so many other people um Kenny Omega making his return to the Tokyo Dome uh taking on Will Ospreay for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship I don't even okay I was about to say I don't even know where to start. Let's just start with the entrances because yeah. Um, if there was any way that Omega was going to come back to New Japan in the Tokyo Dome, he was going to come back in in his own distinct style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with him being the giant fucking nerd that yeah. he is yeah and i love him for it that is not a derisive term here no no not at all you knew it was going to be something like that to it come back be gay and nerdy and you know that if when you are looking at kenny omega fuck yes and what is the perfect <laughs> mix of gay and nerdy that we all know motherfucking sephiroth, sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> uh He's, I mean, he's been so close to the Sephiroth cosplay so many times, and he finally, finally, I mean, it's went for it. Oh my god, so many levels. You had, you had the cosplay, you had the intro, which basically like mimicked (laughs) the one winged angel intro from the fucking video game. The only thing he was missing was the sword, like. Just oh my god, and then coming out to the actual one winged angel song. Ah, I know it's. (laughs) <laughs> i i tweeted like finally it's like finally some some gay people shit on the <laughs> level that that um wrestle kingdom deserves like obviously wrestling is gay as hell as a baseline but like the drama the the emo- <laughs> the uh just knowing that you have to create maximum drama and doing that that kind of gay people shit I was here for that. Yes. <laughs> Finally, <100%>. God. <laughs> I've been dramatic. I have just been wanting for so long to see him walk down that ramp and just have the like that that choral Sephiroth chant behind him. And finally we got that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was honestly like I was excited. I was also on the verge of crying. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked great. He yes. He, 
his hair i mean for kenny omega yes it was pretty good exactly i like that he kind of went back to the the gray the dark base with the gray added in kind of Mm -hmm. an homage to cleaner era a little bit and Mm -hmm. but with a bit of a a different style to it so it wasn't full on there and it's very uh tweenery too like he when he's full heel his hair is dark and when he's face he has his like natural blonde curls Mm -hmm. and so he he does some some storytelling (laughs) with his hair extensions yes and like just (laughs) I like also the Sephiroth thing tying into like this idea of him being like the final boss. Yeah. Of of not just like New Japan, but specifically for Will, Will Ospreay in this mm-hmm. match. So much so that we got Aerial Assassin Will Ospreay in this. And I will say, I th- I saw you post this and I'm right there with you. Like hearing Elevated again just fucking floored me. <laughs> yes. I was like so elevated is a very very good entrance theme because it has like the hit in the beginning with the guitars and um you know like it's just it it does what an entrance theme needs to do and when i heard that initial hit i like stood up in my house because i was like yes um because he was saying at the press conference right like i'm going to kill you literally (laughs) (laughs) i'm bringing back the assassin i'm bringing back the assassin um and he didn't he also did a gay people video games entrance (laughs) thank you yes god (laughs) i I like also the touch of like having his own like one-winged uh Mm -hmm. jacket there as well he is he is so good with his gear I mean, like the time that he fought Shingo Takagi for the first time and Shingo was undefeated, I think at that point, like he's the one who defeated Shingo on his undefeated streak, I think. Yeah, I Um, I think that's the best of Super Juniors, yeah. Yeah, and like he had this um, St. George costume like that he came in with (laughs) and like a sword and stuff. That was like just... (laughs) So... For all the many criticisms that there are about Will Ospreay, and there are plenty, Lots, trust yeah. me, we have gotten into them multiple times on this show. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay, in big moments like this, shows up and, and delivers in more ways than one. Like, like he, he met Kenny Omega in terms of the entrance awe mm-hmm. factor, and then once the match got started, motherfucker. It was this, so... It was... Oh my god. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. And, no. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Violence. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think <laughs> if you hadn't seen the press conference, um, I think going into this match, you might have been expecting more of a, like, straight up just athleticism-based match yeah. because mm-hmm. of who was in it. Like, Osprey right. and Omega are both well known for for their athleticism what they can pull off and they definitely mix that in there as well but this That's was a, not what it was about no this was a fucking street fight yeah from the very beginning um it, yeah uh the the spot with the um turnbuckle was so early oh in my god the match the the first the first spot with the turnbuckle 
happened so early. <laughs> yes, like you had like uh, Kenny re like removing the turnbuckle pad. And then we had like him working the back really, really um, extensively. That shotgun kick sending Osprey to the turnbuckle. It's just like that first moment of like, fuck, okay, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see something different here. And then leading into that brainbuster esque um, move onto the exposed turnbuckle that opened. That I I I like was like I'm gonna stop watching now. Yeah, it, it made like a cracking sound, and I was like, I mm. I can't I can't do that, and and especially, um, as someone who I like I said I mentioned, Kota Ibushi fan. Um, he's my favorite human being noun. He's my favorite noun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that um with Kenny I wouldn't be surprised but even if it wasn't intentional like Ibushi um in his match with Osprey for the Never title a couple years ago at Wrestle Kingdom hit his face on the turnbuckle very early in the in the match on like the top of the turnbuckle yeah. and uh and I think I think that's what gave him the concussion that he had um not the not the hidden blade although it was a great sell for the hidden blade um, yeah. but I, I like I don't know if it was intentional but as somebody who was that ruined my Wrestle Kingdom that year <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was upset about that spot um, once it once it was clear that like they make they make the the blading obvious god bless them they yeah they really um, they really do <laughs> honestly i'm i'm happy because like i said i i hate blood and i hate injuries yeah. um i'm i'm very i can't do it um so once it was clear it's like oh it's right on the hairline it's like he's fine uh, then i was okay but uh, that's why i'm glad that they that they make it kind of obvious because yeah no i I can understand that for sure, but honestly, knowing Omega Omega's approach to in ring storytelling, I would not be surprised at all. Especially considering what happens later on in the match, mm -hmm. that 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 never open weight title match in that moment there um, definitely played into the idea of him dropping Osprey on top of that turnbuckle and that leading into an extensive out of the ring uh, sequence where yeah. we got the return of the of Kenny using the the tables and the double stomp through the table um which opened yeah. up Osprey around his kidneys and played into the kidney infection that he had last year that kept him out of the ring for for a while as well you know and just like so many different elements of both of these guys journeys um and also the people around them as well like just really factored into the storytelling of this match and Omega got his little bit of a goof in there too, like pull, doing oh, yeah. the, that the shining the moment. Here's Johnny thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, he actually said, "Here's Kenny." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but still, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I like that he's having fun while just brutalizing. Well, that's yeah, person. that's kind of his his. They they introduced him as the cleaner, right? Yeah. And he's so he's so deliberate about that stuff. So the cleaner is has a sadistic edge to him mm -hmm. um like the best bout machine doesn't um but kenny the cleaner definitely does so yeah and it's For it's sure. great that that will brought back the aerial assassin or the assassin and 
Kenny brought back the cleaner. I mean, he kind of brought back, he brought back the cleaner in AEW, but he, he hasn't even been the cleaner in AEW for a little, like since he got back. I don't think they've been introducing him as the cleaner. So No, not really. I mean, really the only moment that we saw post like, you know, him taking that year, that close to a year off to, to heal and everything that we've seen with the cleaner to come out was that, uh, that false count anywhere match the week prior to wrestle kingdom where he brought back out the barbed wire broom and, oh, yeah. and he wrestled that match wearing a Kota Ibushi shirt. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like, I didn't there's, realize that. Actually, yeah. So. There's a lot of thoughts going on. <laughs> I mean, I saw the, I saw the shots of him wearing the shirt. Obviously people made sure I saw that. Of but, course. Um, but I didn't <laughs> see the match. So I guess yeah. he was gearing up to be the cleaner again. Exactly. It, like, I mean, they, honestly, some of the AEW programming has really kind of built into this too. He's like, you know, since he's come back, he hasn't had a singles match. So they had him have a singles match on AEW dark. Um, I did see so- like a bunch of gifts and videos and stuff of it. It was awesome yeah yeah so like it was like him kind of like getting back the whole story is like you know i haven't had a singles match in over a year like let me get back into this and like since i've been doing trios for so long and then having the cleaner emerge that week prior like it's just kind of all these steps that if you have been paying attention like you might have read the tea leaves a little bit on what we were getting here Mm -hmm. you know moments like him taking a bloody will osprey and just bashing his head through a table just full force. I was afraid that he was going to slam him. Like once the table broke, I was afraid that he was not going to recognize that the guardrail was right behind it. And that he was going to smash Osprey's face into the guardrail. There were so many moments that I just couldn't, I, I turned my face away. Yeah. Because I just am so squeamish about injuries and stuff. Mm. No, like <laughs> there were multiple moments in this match where like, I'm in my office at like three in the morning, just like, at literally just like screaming oh fuck like out loud you know trying not to wake up my my spouse in the other room (laughs) but like yeah just i I was like covering my face for some of it (laughs) didn't expect that yeah uh like just uh, and then going like osprey getting a chance to kind of dish that out as well that yeah that super stiff cheeky nando's kick in the corner so much yeah but just like i love that oh and i I love like also like omega's like the story there as well like omega like defending himself through like all these times and osprey's frustration just Mm -hmm. making him like do these moves over and over again you saw it with the kawada kicks with kenny blocking to the point that like omega like osprey was like fuck this i'm just gonna keep tried yeah multiple oz cutters yeah he 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 countered i don't remember what but it was awesome he counter he countered something with the robinson special which is the spinning uh the kick yeah yeah, yeah. like i want to say double kick i guess yeah i want to say it might have been like i think it might have been a snapdragon that he countered. oh yeah it was it yeah. was awesome but like he was pulling out his he was pulling out moves that he typically uses as setup moves as regular ass moves mm-hmm. um like for the whole match which is it was like he is he is a very good storyteller like that the the like having to pull out these setup moves at at not that you know like normally those set him up for his finisher and he has so many i don't know (laughs) um (laughs) but like that was 
that was a lot. And I think the story of the match ended up being that, like, you shouldn't have brought back the assassin, bro. You should have been who you are. Um, and and like for that just came out throughout the match in the the choices that he made, like having them together, getting to tell a story together. They both care so much about it. Um, Osprey doesn't talk as much about it as Kenny does. Um, very few people do, but um, it it was impressive to see how much they thought through just the move choices and you know counters and stuff like that. Like, yeah, no, like I go like I think like um, that that Kreutz wrath from the top rope like kind of and also you had the tease of like hitting that dragon suplex on the top rope that he hit on okada years ago that was just like yeah. probably the most like gut-riching moment i felt outside of like someone that legit getting injured in a wrestling match was that i would i yeah i couldn't i can't it, it's hard for me to even go back and and watch that that match at times because of that moment um is it just looks so gnarly it's so um, i it, yeah I've, no, yeah I, I hate stuff like that i hate top rope moves like that yeah but i i will say is the one silver lining is that now you can tease that move and you know what it could mm-hmm. be and they mm-hmm. thankfully they have never done it since then but like it just plays more into storytelling stuff and then like for me like one of the the main like lasting like images of this match is going to be like kenny with his eyes swelling shut and Osprey with this like blood trickling blood, yeah. into his eyes, just trading like hidden blades and V triggers back and forth, just both mm-hmm. dudes just like out on their feet. And ultimately, and, like, oh yeah. God. Osprey, I think, hit a sit out power bomb on Omega, which is a kind of like mm-hmm. bit of a fuck you. And then um, also immediately hit a Styles clash. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so good because not only are those like um, the sit out power bomb used to be a Bushi's finisher, Golden Star power bomb, um, and you know Styles was the was the head of the Bullet Club, uh, and also Kenny used those to set up his when he won the G one. That's mm-hmm. how he started. Power bomb, Styles clash, bloody Sunday, like you know, like. It's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. And also like I feel like that that uh gold star power bomb led in fed into the finish as well because you know we we know like Kenny and Coda haven't really acknowledged each other for the last few years outside of like, you know, we've seen signs at AEW shows. We've seen Kenny wearing the Kota Ibushi shirt. We've seen like they take pictures Little together things. on on yeah. Twitter and stuff like they exactly and they 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 talk to each other on Twitter sometimes um so that it's clear that they're they're not they're, doing what they did the last time they were apart yeah there's still they're, a closeness there mm-hmm. but but you they don't, haven't officially sorry. they haven't officially interacted in any way exactly and and but because you know that that closeness is there and you that feeds into these moments and then you go to the finish where Kenny wins the match by hitting the straight jacket German 
which leads into the Kamagoye, which is the exact sequence that Koda uses a lot of the time for, mm -hmm. for getting to that move. Mm -hmm. And then a one-winged angel. Mm -hmm. Um just yeah. oh um and Kenny has this thing that that he's kind of been developing a little bit since he went to AEW that was like if you bring Coda into this I'm going to hurt you um like like with the young bucks hitting the golden lovers finisher on him oh yeah the trigger yeah the, yeah yeah the, the golden, golden trigger, trigger. Mm -hmm. and him kicking kicking out at one like no you're not gonna do that um <laughs> anytime that someone does something that is like to be like hey fuck you you know um that is abushi related he is like no no um it's like how it, it's like how ibushi when somebody is like disrespectful to him is when he gets in that murder mode yeah um, just the and <laughs> gone behind the eyes. Like, yep. Oh yeah. my god. And it, and that was like hitting the golden star power bomb on him was the moment that he was like, "And I'm going to kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just I will say like I I love Omega's stuff that he's done in AEW. Um, it is a completely different Kenny Omega to totally. what you get in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. And. I, I knew that I missed Kenny Omega in New Japan. I did not know how much I missed Kenny Omega in New Japan until I saw this match again mm -hmm. and realized like how much I fell in love with that Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just and he God. just can't be that Kenny Omega in AEW, which is sad because he has the type of opponents. He even had Will Ospreay as an opponent, you know? Mm -hmm. He has the type of opponents that you'd want him to have but he just doesn't get to put on 37 minute classics <laughs> in AEW. Um oh yeah, god, this match was just I honestly like I felt bad for Okada and Jay. Yeah, it kind of sucked out the air cuz they it was so good. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. And honestly, I kind of the build up to it was a little weird because the it started with Osprey being like, I've been here through the pandemic era. I've put in my time. I'm going to graduate. You saw me in your shadow. He did this amazing promo backstage after after Omega challenged him, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, about how, like, your shadow is coming to get you. Um, and it was, it was awesome. And it fed into the assassin thing, as it turns out, which is great. Um, <laughs> But like he was really, he really brought it in the storytelling a lot. Like he did, he did big match main event storytelling leading up to it too. And and he, I kind of did feel for him as somebody who he went, he stayed in Japan during the pandemic and he like went through some really difficult times because of it that he was open about, you know, talking about his struggles with depression and stuff. So like it felt really real kenny being like i'm gonna take that away from you actually yeah um, <laughs> I'm, gonna take the, I'm gonna take the last thing that yeah. you could hold on to as like your status symbol in this company yeah and yeah. it worked i mean you saw it in New year dash like osprey looked like a broken man who is yeah. just like trying to find anybody that he can just like picture 
Omega's face on to <laughs> yes. like he kicked Taka in the dick. <laughs> like I'm not mad, but <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, no, like he he's maybe going on a little bit of a journey to find himself. Um because you know going back to the the assassin wasn't the right move for him um and like it wasn't just that like he tried it and he lost it was that he tried it and it it wasn't it's not him anymore so yeah like if there's any uh, anything else that you needed to have that point driven home is that like you brought it back and kenny omega just murdered you kenny is like i can actually go back to the cleaner anytime also um yeah (laughs) <laughs> so yeah just outstanding outstanding match um and you know that set us up for our final the iwgb world heavyweight championship jay white defending against Kaz- uh, kazuchika okada you know even though like it did feel like i you needed a bit of a a breather after that just so intense omega osprey match like I like I think that the styles that that Okada and and Jay work and then when they work together especially like let you have that slow build back up into something mm-hmm. that was special because like Jay every match like he ducks out as soon as the bell rings he's he's, he's wasting time he's jabbering with the crowd like mm-hmm. and he's been poking and prodding the crowd this whole time because they couldn't cheer and now they can and so like you he's you so got these good. yeah <laughs> And like even like Okada's like opening sequences, like where, where he, like he's just like you know feeling people out and starting to break down stuff a little bit and setting things up. Like it works well for like having yeah. that come down moment for a crowd at the beginning of a match, especially when you know you're going over thirty because yeah. we always know they're going over thirty. Yeah. Um, Okada's very good at the like uh, the like I'm setting the pace here. I am taking charge here, and um, I'm going to take a few minutes to like just kind of stretch my neck out and stuff. <laughs> he's uh, they did do a good job of letting it like settle a little bit, um, but you're not gonna go wrong with with them. No, no, and I I really enjoyed this match. It didn't have as many like moments as like some other matches did, but it was just sound and ex- exactly what you what you want from them like i seeing okada hit a blade runner was really yeah. fun um and you know playing into a lot of the the ideas of of jay being able to to hit the blade runner out of anything and um you know just the various like trading rainmaker spot jay doing the rainmaker pose and getting the camera zoom Mm. which was a very interesting thing. Yeah, it felt like a betrayal, but it was yeah. a good, I mean, that's Jay White's deal. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Like, he's so good at the, the healing that he does. He's he's the best, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, this all leading to, uh, like, Okada capturing the title again, and in the same way that we saw with, with Osprey post, post-match, like, you saw a bit of brokenness in Jay. You know, yeah. and not and not even necessarily in the same way that we saw, say, like um, last year in the match with with Coda that went as two as long ago. as it. Yeah. 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 Two years ago. Thank you. Like with Coda that went as long as it did and and really just built, broke him in 
completely yeah. to the point where he like fell off his chair and said he was going to leave Japan and stuff in the backstage comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it did like I think that that is the he is so good at storytelling. Also, he is one of the just the best heels that I can think of um, because he so perfectly like when he is going to lose at a big match, he lets it be the time that he loses control and that he like somebody gets in his head. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's so satisfying because he plays the long game and he's one of those heels who he'll, he'll be a, he'll be chicken shit and stuff and he'll run out of the ring and get Gato interfere every once in a while. But like he, people don't get in his head. He never like people. He doesn't give you that moment where like you see the heel get his comeuppance very much. But when you do, it's so earned and it feels so good to see <laughs> um, if that makes sense. And it leaves him so devastated too yeah. in the moment as well. Yeah. Like that that image of him just like crawling up Okada's body as he's like celebrating the title win. And like you get that like lost in translation moment of like what was Jay whispering to him mm-hmm. before just collapsing back to the ring. Uh, and and finally leaving and letting Okada have that that post match moment like it's just so I love pro wrestling it's just it's just amazing like the, these moments that you can create and and the the emotion that it can bring out of you in that way yeah. um, God damn and um, Okada just Okada was like the most pure Okada and he did that like with his gear he did that with his just look like he came in and I was like I am such a fool for thinking that Okada peaked in his handsomeness I'm so wrong I was so wrong um like because he's never looked better like really like in his in his prime a few years ago Tanahashi era maybe but like he looks amazing and he just looks pure Okada. He had that beautiful silver blonde and he had the, you know, oh. Yeah, like I was very. Just that's how he won. He won by being fucking Kazuchika Okada. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious to ask you, like, is like, what did you think of the Okada in black look? Because like we have like, that might be the most like simplified look for him. Which yeah. kind of like feeds into that idea that you were talking about, like this being like just like the most like stripped away, like just Okada being Okada, no extraness to it necessarily early in the same way that we've seen in the past. Just straight up, I'm putting on black trunks. I'm going back to this idea of like straightforward pro wrestling that, you know, it's instilled in you as a young lion, which the black like really yeah. evoked for me. Like what what were your thoughts on on that? I thought he looked I thought he looked great first of all. Um I I really love white gear typically, but Okada in black gave me the same feeling as other people in white. Like it just really worked for me. It looked um because of his his presence and just his persona and like his new entrance jacket with the dollar so good with the <laughs> um yeah. But like iridescent 3D <laughs> dollars on it (laughs) um but like taking that off and having it be all black underneath was like elegant and kind of (laughs) if if 
you know it's like i'm taking like i'm wearing a tuxedo under this <laughs> I mean, pro wrestling equivalent of, of I was about of to say, formal wear. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. basically it. <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, um, like it evokes the young lion, but it obviously is more than that because he has like some designs and stuff. But oh, I loved it, and I just like Jay was in white, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, the symbolism," but the um, I like it when faces wear black. Honestly, <laughs> I don't like black being just the color for for heels um yeah yeah i can i can definitely understand that sorry go ahead no what did you what did you i mean i i thought it was like i i am always a fan of extra like i feel like i i think that's why i am so like drawn to like a lot of the the processes and ideas behind like a lot of japanese pro wrestlers attire and that sort of thing but and also the influence that that has had uh, stateside as well seen more people kind of lean into that too but having it stripped away down to just like black um and it just i don't know it just really symbolized like a a different level of seriousness a different level of like um uh like you talked about like him getting into jay white's head a bit like it I, i think like in the context of the match, like if you go into that and you see Okada come out in such a stripped away version of himself, like none of the trinkets or yeah. or like decorations that we associate with the idea of the Rainmaker, like if you if he was not already established as the Rainmaker, yeah, and I had seen this Okada, I would never have associated him with that sort of like characterization no, or mindset. He, he was like the Rainmaker if the Rainmaker is like a billionaire who lives in a penthouse like like just coming down like off the elevator to wreck your shit like he he's already such a presence um mm-hmm. great <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you can you can have the title but okada knows that he is like the king of this of this realm yeah yeah exactly that That belt is his and other people just hold it sometimes yeah anytime he wants to take it back he can descend from his throne and just take it back from you like it's just so good um yeah like it everything everything in this match really worked for me Uh, i mean obviously like there's always the complaints about like every main event having to go over 30 minutes that sort of thing but like you know it it opens up avenues for storytelling and I'm never going to complain about that at Wrestle Kingdom specifically, I think. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then of course we end the night with a very emotional Okada talking about having the crowds back there, being able to chant again and mm-hmm. 50 years of new Japan and, and, and Antonio Inoki. And um, uh, it's probably the most like vulnerable I've seen Okada in the ring in a very long time. Yeah. And when leading, he cries, like, it really gets me. Yeah. And like having that moment, like I love that he has he does his, his uh post match uh speech and then he leaves the ring as his music playing and then he gets back onto the stage and there's just a microphone on a tiny little pedestal waiting for yep. him yep. <laughs> to do one more um uh Inoki chant yeah to end the show and, and we end the show with Inoki's theme, like which is a banger. I'm glad they Oh yes. <laughs> play it as many times as you want exactly New Japan. um just so good it was as good as it could have been which is like 
sounds like faint praise, but is totally not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So both in like highlighting the people of the current generation as well as, you know, memorializing the person who created the place that, that they get to do this in. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So I think just... it was a great tribute to him because it was like it was a good um showcase of what New Japan currently is and the ways that it is actually pretty different from what from his vision but still there at the core is like very very good pro wrestling yes every match was that even the like opening match with the with the young lions every single match was like full of people who just freaking know what they're doing (laughs) yeah yeah it's amazing um and that's that was Wrestle Kingdom 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at this point, uh, any final thoughts on on the show? I I kind of want to ask you what you thought of the main event of uh of New Year Dash. Oh, I will say, um, it was definitely one of those moments I didn't think I would ever see to see Kenny Omega and and mm-hmm. Kazuchika Okada teaming together. Um, I I enjoyed it. Like I feel like, like because New Year Dash, yes, it it is meant to like kind of jumpstart some storylines heading into the new year. It's meant to like shake things up a bit, but it's also just kind of meant to be this like fun yeah. Wrestle Kingdom hangover. And I feel like nothing this and on this year's iteration of that really signified that as much as like Kenny Omega's smug ass face yes. whenever he's standing there next to Kazuchika Okada and just like looking at his belt and looking at his belt and looking back at Okada just like yeah what's up like oh it's nice and then just toasting yeah. titles before going in there and uh yeah and dismantling Toanare and uh and Jeff Cobb like that that was one of those moments that you don't know how often you're going to see it. So you take it in and you relish it and from what it actually means. Um, Yeah. It was, it was a lovely, a lovely gift from (laughs) it. It was just like, you're like, who's, who's Omega's partner going to be. It's gotta be somebody great. Right. And then you're like, Oh yeah, we haven't seen Okada. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Oh, the, just like both of them looking at each other, like, hell yeah. is like, that was so like they weren't they they have built into their rivalry the fact that they really respect and and appreciate each other um at this point they have to <laughs> um yeah but like just getting to see them be like not even pretend to like have some kind of animosity and just be so happy that they get to tag together was <laughs> just made me smile yeah no i'm definitely there with you i think the other, only other moment that really that we haven't talked about yet from New Year Dash was like Jay losing it after oh, that multi-man yeah. and challenging Hikaleo to a loser leaves Japan match with yeah. his neck on his throat. Like yeah, his or no his knee on yeah, his, uh, on his yeah. neck. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um I knew what you meant. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Jay delivering another freaking amazing promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what well, what do you think about this loser leaves Japan match? I mean, I think Jay's been doing a lot with New Japan Strong. I think that that like him post title run, I feel like him going back to New Japan Strong might be a really interesting thing and kind of anchoring some of the American 
events for mm -hmm. like the next like six months or so because mm -hmm. I mean, we all know wrestling jay's gonna be back in japan no matter whether he loses this match or not yeah but i think that they really seem like they want to elevate hikaleo um yeah. and a win over jay white is a pretty pretty massive way to uh to push him so and I he think, deserves a push he's yeah he has improved so much from when he first like showed up in new japan yeah he's one of the uh, he kind i don't want to say benefit but he benefited from what happened during the pandemic when he got to be one of the foreigners who was around and that means he got to wrestle um so he, yeah he's just like he wasn't even he was like kind of a young lion sort of when he started like he wasn't even a real young lion it was he was in a weird space and um he was just big and <laughs> but he really has improved so much and I was a little nervous that it was like a when when it was made clear that it was loser leaves Japan and like not loser leaves New Japan or whatever like I felt a little better but Mm -hmm. I was a little worried at first because I was worried like Hikaleo was gonna go to WWE or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't I, think he will. But no, I, I don't, I don't think he will. But you know, what, whatever happens, happens. Career paths take yeah. routes and whatnot. But, but no, I'm excited to to see that batch and and just another era of Jay trying to like rebuild his psyche, so to speak. Yeah. After just another brutal loss at, at the tokyo dome so yeah i i honestly i could say like going back to one night and and having the mm -hmm. the matches that they delivered on the show like this this is probably the most um evocative wrestle kingdom card that i've seen overall since um the omega okada i feel mm. like yeah personally mm. Yeah, I don't know if that's like the. They all kind of blend together. Too high. The two night, the two night Wrestle Kingdoms were really was tough. I think I'm really glad they went back to one night. Yeah, yeah, um, I could definitely understand that. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Kenny's last match was in 2019. It was Wrestle Kingdom in 2019, um, and that that card was really good, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, match against Tanahashi. Um, yeah, that match was was really good. It was just had this weird specter over it because like that like AEW was starting right. up and like yeah. you know New Japan wasn't gonna have the relationship there, so like like it just felt like everybody AEW centric just like went in, lost, and moved on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, I mean, like you said, like you said, like these cards have been really good for a number of years at this point, and they just keep hitting new pinnacles with the stuff yeah. so and it was it's impressive because there were no matchups that were like ah yes finally i get to see these people fight each other <laughs> even yeah. omega and osprey it was like okay we've you, like every match was like okay we've seen this specific match already <laughs> um <laughs> but they still brought it and that is that is such a credit to them <laughs> yeah it really is um well rachel thank you so much for for coming back for another year of Wrestle Kingdom talk. Um, Thank you so much for having me. No, of course. I'm always I'm always glad to sit down and chat Japanese wrestling with you. Crossing fingers, hopefully that the 
the beef between Coda and New Japan gets squashed and and Coda, you know, can get back to his his full health status yeah. and make be back in in a new japan ring at some point he's been tweeting like one one month left which means uh because their contracts end at the end of january yeah he's uh he's he's i did not think he was going to be kenny omega's partner i'll say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't think i that at either. no point thought it would be him even though it would have been a very obvious choice um because of how adamant he's been that he's not going back to new japan yeah i mean and even if it's not a new japan ring that we see him in like I just I want to see Kota Ibushi again. I mean, me too. And we got some good Golden Lovers tweets. Yes, we did. Yeah, so that's that was nice. God, he's like, you know, wait for me. And Kenny said, I would wait forever. <sighs> that's cool. for wrestling. God damn it, for <laughs> wrestling's a love story. I, I love know. this so I much. Oh. It's um, uh, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm excited for whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have anything that you like to plug, go ahead or let the people know where they can find you online. <laughs> you know that um I'm on Twitter with my bad tweets at effing boring e f f i n g b o r i n g. Um I tweet about wrestling sometimes. I mm-hmm. I really like don't have anything to plug. I thought about it, but I guess uh, UK nurses like no, um, hey, general strike in the United States. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. Okay, um, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> I just am so I've, I'm so privileged to come on the show, and I love being able to talk about my opinions, and I love being able to talk with you. Um, it's it's always wonderful to get this time. So. Yeah, the feeling's mutual, like right there. I I love having having you on to, to talk about this stuff and um, look forward to it next year and the year after that. However many other years we get the chance to do this. Okay, so. okay, <laughs> I'll be here. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you. My thanks once again to Rachel for coming on the show and uh, keeping the tradition of our Wrestle Kingdom breakdowns uh, going here. Always a a delight, truly, truly a delight to get the chance to sit down and talk about all different aspects of the show and these matches with uh, with someone like Rachel. And I'm not lying when I say that I look forward to doing. Uh, these Wrestle Kingdom recaps with Rachel f- annually going forward. I, I, I'm a sucker for tradition, honestly. But um, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you were listening to this, I know it's a long one, <laughs> but um, we had a lot of thoughts to get out about Wrestle Kingdom 17. And uh, your reward for that, a very short outro here. Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of LGBT in the Ring next Thursday. But uh, until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. The same goes for monkeypox. And here's to 50 more years of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bye. She made a deal with the 